welcome to Spirit of the Camino, a podcast about the unique and magical experience that is the Camino de Santiago. Join us on this adventure and discover the spirit of the Camino for yourself. Hello, and welcome back to the Spirit of the Camino podcast. I'm joined by a friend of the show, Darren. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, everyone. And the reason that you're here with us is that we're in Santiago de Compostela, and we have just finished walking a couple of short Caminos, and we're going to be talking about them. And so the first of these is the Camino de San Salvador, or the Camino del Salvador, um, which we walked from Lyon to Oviedo. And this was your first Camino. It was my very first Camino. So how was it? I, I loved it. I, th I had a lot of... I mean, okay, so it started off so hot. It was super hot. It was so hot. So, so the first couple of days um, were a bit... Were, I mean, they were a struggle. And, uh, and I think, and I think, and then like, the, I think the heat and everything led to like some, some like difficult foot issues at the beginning and, um, just, just kind of my ability to, to like stay in the game, um, for a long walk was, it was difficult. It was, it made for the first, what, what was it? 30 K almost the first day. Yeah, 27. So yeah, just to, to set this up a little bit. So there was a, a heat warning that was issued across Spain and that we heard reports of a couple of pilgrims on the Frances who died. Yeah, yeah. Related well, to heat exhaustion. Yeah, we were following that. That was really sad. And so the first day on the Salvador, you're, you're kind of locked in. Not exactly, but most people do this 27 Ks out of Lyon and it's a tough day. And when it's your first day and when it's yeah. really, really hot, um, and we're talking, I mean, in actual temperatures, it was the, the maximum in those days was something like 33, 34 Celsius. Uh, that's in the mid 90s Fahrenheit, but it felt a lot hotter than that. Yeah. And especially that first day, there's a lot of, you know, you're walking in a lot of shadeless paths. Yeah. A lot and of, there a lot. was trouble with water. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We ran out of water. Um, well, we, we didn't, right? We almost ran out of water. Well, well somebody else ran out somebody of water. Somebody else ran out of water. Uh, we did get saved by, by a fountain, but there were a couple of fountains listed that were dry. Yeah. And so dry. we were kind of relying on those, and then we got to them, and then there was no water. I mean, I, I think I got to that. I got to that fountain with an empty bottle, but, and it was, it was blazing sun. Yeah. So it was definitely an interesting beginning to your Camino career on, on that first day because it was really quite hot. But then yeah. the funny thing was by the end, and it's only a short Camino, I mean, we did it in six days. Some people do it in five. By the end, it was cold. Yeah, yeah. And, and that actually felt great. It was such a relief. I was like, oh, man, I, I, can just, I can just walk forever. Yeah, it was a completely different feeling. Yeah, it was right at the end. It was that what people call that perfect hiking weather, you know, where it's kind yeah. of overcast and it's cool. And yeah, you can just keep going. And going. That's right. So it was a huge contrast, but that's maybe appropriate for that Camino. But, you know, coming into this Camino, one of the reasons I chose it was that, I mean, I wanted to do it, but, you know, you're, you hadn't walked a Camino before, but you're a big hiker. You've hiked, you know, done many multi-day hikes in many different countries, different continents. And so I thought the Salvador would be a cool introduction for you to the Camino, being that it was, it, you know, it's considered maybe the most beautiful or the most mountainous of the Caminos. Uh, and so it was maybe similar to some things that you'd done before. So did you feel that it was just like another hike or did you kind of feel it was a bit different in terms of the spirit of the Camino, dare I say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely different. I mean, the, the, the feel of it is already um, something else. And even just walking it, it's uh, um, because, because going in, you're not, 
going in um, looking for like a like a multi-day mountain hike you're looking looking for a, actually a big mix of things and and, and I think you know uh, I, I mean I did know some things about a Camino and and what they're about and stuff like that so so I was expecting him to go through villages and you know stop at you know the important important or historic churches or or sites like that um, which it totally did and uh, and so and that and that was great and that was exactly kind of some of the spaces I was really hoping to see but but there's also some you know some road walking and and uh, you know it was a big mix of terrain and stuff like that so but but again I, I think I think you gave me a little bit of prep uh, going in and so um, and so that's and that's that's what it was and I really enjoyed that uh, that difference between just a regular hike uh, where really just looking for kind of immersion into nature and and this Camino where we're getting a real mix of, of like old communities or, or villages and stuff like that and a lot of historic aspects and yeah and and uh, and this uh, this kind of like trail that uh, that some somebody in the past that had some sort of you know religious connection followed and and then stopping along at these at these places that I, that was really that was really cool. Yeah, I think the Salvador, you know, people talk about it as this as this mountain community, this nature community, but as you've been saying, it really gives you a mix of everything because you have two very important historic cities on either end. Uh, and then you have some some churches, some historic churches in the middle, um, and then you have some villages that that you go through. And I mean, I remember one thing that we both really liked, and it's just a little thing that's not a it's not a highlight in terms of the way that you would read about it in a guidebook. Was we stopped in this bar in in a, in a village on the first day, I think, and it was when we were really hot. It was the first oh, day, yeah. And uh, it was just a small village with one bar, but the, it seemed the whole village was at the bar. Yeah, it was there. It it felt crowded. It felt crowded. And everybody was coming up talking to us and some of the people they'd done the community before and and it was just a a real local vibe and feel. It was great. And we need and we so needed it. We needed we needed to sit down in the shade and have and have a cold drink with ice. (laughs) And uh, and and yeah, that that community vibe was really there and, and people were um, you know, I, I seemed quite used to seeing uh, seeing pilgrims, and uh, were very welcoming. But you could tell that was just like Tuesday afternoon in that village. You know, yeah. every, every yeah, day exactly. they're just at the bar, they're talking. They're, I think the old men were playing cards or something, and uh, yeah, everybody was just uh, was just getting along. It was really social. It was really nice. Yeah, it was. Per- it was. A, and it was a great introduction to Spain because it's really one of my first. I mean, I had been to Spain uh, years and years previously, but. This kind of reintroduction to kind of this afternoon, uh, relax, uh, pre like pre siesta, drink with some friends and tapas and stuff like that, and uh, you know just being like, oh yeah, that's that's what we're going to expect to see a little bit. Yeah, and that's actually another interesting aspect about your journey. I don't know if you want to talk about it a bit. That you spent a huge amount of time in Latin America, and so you speak Spanish pretty well, but you spent almost no time in actually in Spain. Exactly. So was that. How did you kind of incorporate all of that? I, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't terribly hard. I, I mean, we we didn't really get into some like some difficult Spanish speaker Spanish speaking or Spanish speakers um, difficult for me to understand uh, until 
maybe a couple days in. And so the beginning, short, small conversations, like everything, everything seemed to flow okay. And, uh, you know, I know about a little bit of, of kind of the, 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 the particular pronunciation that, uh, that happens in Spain. And, uh, but I didn't, I didn't try to adopt it. I just carried on with my, with what, I, with what I know. Yeah, actually, I think the funny thing was, you know, in terms of people who we had to deal with at bars or restaurants or whatnot, you know, we, we had no problems there. But some of the other pilgrims, because most of the pilgrims who do the Salvador are Spanish, and some of them were in a lot of trouble understanding. Yeah, I mean, that, that's when I really struggled. I mean, my, I, 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 I do often feel comfortable enough to engage in, in conversations in, in, in Spanish. But um, no, I, I, I got lost, and sometimes I got lost absolutely right after the first sentence when someone was speaking and uh and you know just just try to roll with it and and uh you know do do, do what you normally do ask them to to speak a little slower or or just nod and and be like that's right <laughs> all right so to look at some of the specifics of the salvador so it begins in leon and this is obviously a, a famous city in spain and it's famous uh, as one of the major destinations along the way on the Camino Frances. So it's the city that a lot of people are familiar with. Um, so I had been there on the Frances. You had never been there. And so we met there and spent a day there. It was a very hot day. Yeah. Yeah. It um, was. So we definitely had to yeah, adopt the siesta hours and mindset. Um, but what did you make of Lyon? I, I like Lyon. I thought it was a really good uh, place to start. It's it's a big enough town to to really have a lot of walk around, and um, and and also it, I mean it, it had some it had some we stopped to get some gear didn't we? Yeah, we had to go to the Cathlon. Yeah, yeah, we stopped. It, it was, that was a bit my fault. Um, just to get a couple of things that I that I, I neglected to bring, and so so it was good because it gave us time to kind of just get our bearings and and stuff like that. But Lyon itself was. A nice town. I really liked walking around the the historic area, and uh, um, and it gave me a good kind of foundation to compare, like what what was going to see in, in in coming towns. Yeah, it's interesting because the, the cathedral is this uh, this Gothic cathedral, which is again famous in Spain. Um, but that's stylistically and architecturally, that's not really what you usually see on the Camino because there's so much Romanesque in northern Spain, uh, and so we didn't you know see anything like that again um, but that's a really hugely impressive cathedral with its very high towers high ceiling uh, as is typical of gothic architecture and all the stained glass on the inside so it was fun for me to go back after five years um, we're both really into photography which is cool that we could do that kind of stuff together and we would sort of go around the cathedral and around the cloister and then kind of come back and compare our shots and see you know yeah absolutely if we one of us sort of saw something that the other one didn't and you're very good at the details well, that, that I mean, was that was super. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the cathedral, and and yeah, the the stained glass is super impressive, um, and uh, and yeah, the and and it was the, the gothic aspect was very clear, and then and then it became clear how different it was as as the as we continued on on our Camino and ended up in other cathedrals in other cities, um, but this was a really fun and important. Uh, kind of dynamic that that we just picked up right away. I mean, uh, I don't I don't see you very often, uh, 
mm-hmm. um, in terms of like uh, monthly or or sometimes or even yearly. But uh, but we drop right into this flow and uh, and that was really fun and that and that carries that has carried through even up until this very day, many days later of of taking pictures and uh, and comparing shots and and uh, and talking about them and and uh, that's been such a fun aspect for me. Yeah, for me too. It's cool. It, yeah, it makes you a better photographer when you're when you're doing it with somebody else and you're seeing what they're seeing and you're like, oh, I didn't even think of that. Or exactly, yes, this is a slightly different angle. It makes it work better and, and that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, that's that's been fun. But yeah, that all started at the cathedral in Lyon. Um, we also went to the San Isidoro complex, um, where well, certainly the most famous part of it are the Romanist paintings, which you can't take photos of, but we still really enjoyed uh, seeing that because that's that's incredibly impressive. That that was certainly a highlight. I mean, the uh, I keep calling it I keep calling it a a farmer's almanac. Yeah, uh, it's one of the aspects is that that calendar uh, where they have a, a, a small painting for each month, and it's just on one of the arches. Yeah, and I'd sort of again because we can't take your own photos. I I remembered that most out of everything from my previous visit to Lyon, which was five years earlier, but I'd sort of forgotten that it was just this one small part of this, this greater thing, but I still found that it was my favorite, my favorite bit, but I'd sort of, I think, imagined in my head that it was a really large uh, thing, you know, on, on the ceiling, but it's just uh, basically a kind of a strip yeah. on an arch, yeah. and there's a lot more paintings around it, um, but that was something I really liked, and then the other thing was the Seven Churches of Asia, which we also liked, and yeah. that was cool, yeah. um, but that whole thing was, was really good. And then there was one other, uh, Painting in a different room that you particularly liked, which was a bunch of people getting boiled in a oh my huge God. pot uh, for uh, the, the last judgment or, or whatever it happened to be. I mean, this is an aspect of, of old churches in, in Europe and, and kind of all over the world. Uh, is is that sometimes you find some really, really like curious paintings or or um, reliefs or, or faces and all kinds of things and uh, and I've kind of trained myself to kind of look for some of these things the, this one you didn't didn't need a lot of looking it was it was big and just right there in the room and you're like oh man that's a big pot of boiling people uh, what yeah, we, we basically it was really on that first day that we came up with this idea of, of a kind of series of photos which are People who don't want to be here, exactly. And you'd kind of see throughout in different churches, you know, these stra- yeah, these strange carvings or, or column capitals with someone looking not happy because they've yeah. been eaten by a beast or because they have someone stomping on their head or because they're about to get boiled in a huge pot. And yeah. so we came across quite a lot of that. There's a lot of that, and it's really, it's, I just find it so curious. What's you know, try to like, whose mind do you have to get into to figure out why this is there and this like you know. Who designed it? Is this is this just some whim of the of the artist, or did someone sit down and really plan this room and be like, no, no, we need a we need a cauldron full of people, and it's just like, wow, um, and I, I you know, uh, and that's where I think that's where a little bit Nick and I differ a little bit. And I, you, you you love digging into like like the deep history of all these things and and uh, really finding stuff out. Not I just like inventing stories about stuff, which can be which which for me is really fun and. Uh, sometimes kind of funny yeah um, so before we leave Leon or actually talking about leaving Leon I think it's just an interesting thing to point out you know a lot of people complain about the exit from Leon on the Camino Frances and I tend to not be too phased by city entries and exits but 
and I don't really remember it myself that well, but, but people say that's a particularly bad exit and you're going through, I guess, suburbs and industrial areas and some people will just take a bus for quite a bit. But the exit from Lyon on the Salvador is, is really quite good. Basically, as soon as you split, which is at the Parador of Lyon, which is around the, the San Marcos complex, and there's a sign which says the Frances goes one way and the Salvador goes another way. And basically, you walk around the backside of the Parador and then you go down to the river and then you're just on the river. Yeah. And so you're not walking through streets or buildings or anything like that. And we actually stayed on the river even longer than the arrows because at one point the arrows sort of turned in back towards a, a, a paved road. And we looked at a map and said, hang on, we can keep going two, three more kilometers here along the river and then we can rejoin the path that way. And so I think we ended up uh, really into that first town, uh, which is uh, Caraval or something like that, um, about six, seven kilometers on the river. And then yeah. Leon was gone and we'd yeah, just been least. walking on a river. Yeah. And what was great is that we, I mean, for, for people who like a little bit of breakfast, you know, we left early enough and then um, right, right at the perfect, perfect time, there was a there was a cafe just off the river walk, uh, that or a bakery that, that just opened up, and it, it was just perfect. grab a little snack and and then keep walking. And we, I, I really enjoyed that river walk. I mean, it's 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 not the most beautiful river walk in the world, but it's um, it's it it has a feel of a of a city park, um, and that just carried with us for well over an hour. Yeah, for a city exit, that was uh, yeah, that was one of the better ones that I can remember. And so then with the Salvador, you're kind of the first couple of days, depending on how you do your stages, you're sort of setting yourself up for the mountains that are, that are coming. Uh, and so, you know, we, apart from the heat, we did still enjoy the first couple of days, but really basically there's a bottleneck, which is where we stayed at the, on our second night, which is a place called Poladura. And that's sort of where most people stay in the municipal albergue was, was full. Actually, we were the last two to arrive and it's just a 12 bed albergue. We got the last two beds. And so we were a little bit lucky, but I guess nobody arrived after us. So it could have been that um, someone might have been without a bed or they could have slept on the floor or done something like that. Um, but basically, once you get to Poladura, you've then got to decide with the mountain stage to come to do a big stage of about 30 kilometers in the mountains, uh, which is a lot different from 30 kilometers on the plains, or to split it up. And we had decided to split it up because we weren't in a hurry. And we thought, hey, the longer we get to spend you know, if we spend a couple of days instead of one day, that's that's better. We can go more slowly. We can take our pictures and we can just enjoy being in the mountains. But I would say most of the people that we met did it in one day. Or yeah. at least half did it in one day. Yeah, I think I think half did it in one day. Um, and uh, I, I, and I just, I don't know. I was like, you know, we, we did our half day. And at the end of that, I mean, not a half day. I, I, it felt like a full day. You know, we did, what did we do, 16 or, or something like that? Yeah, we did about 15, 16 kilometers two days in a row, but, but we, it wasn't as though we arrived at our destination at 11 a.m. You know, we were, no. we were slow, we were taking a lot of pictures because the scenery was beautiful. Um, and yeah, if we'd done that at that pace in one day, we would have arrived at you know, 10 p.m. or something. But, but some people did it, they really, they really went. But I've got to think that they didn't have the appreciation or, or really were able to stop and enjoy it the way that we did. So. Yeah, I mean, we were happy. We were really super happy to split that up into two days. Yeah, and and it's and I, I mean the weather was hot, and so it was it was also tiring. I was exhausted at the end of the day, um, and uh, but but it was also really beautiful. Yeah, and what I think was really interesting, and, and especially if you did this in, in one day, but basically, essentially in the middle of this 
of these two days that we did, you change regions from Castilla and Leon to Asturias. And when you think about those two middle days for us, days three and four, they were really quite different. Almost as soon as you, you crossed that regional border, the scenery became quite different. So on our third day, we were in, in the mountains and we went to the, we climbed up to this Cruz del Salvador uh, and we could see peaks around us and, and everything. And the other amazing thing was that because we're kind of in late spring as we were walking, we saw these yellow flowers just absolutely everywhere covering yes. the valleys and that made it incredibly beautiful. You know, it's hard to kind of describe that, but it just gave this explosion of color throughout the whole valley. And, and I had talked with Wendy previously about how we saw this uh, on the CPI a few weeks earlier, but basically uh, on the Salvador, it was even more amplified. And we just saw these yellow flowers absolutely everywhere. And I, I don't know if it, it was the particular time uh, of, of their blooming or, or they had just the right amount of rain or something, but they, it, they, they were so vibrant. That yellow was so vibrant and, and, and it was everywhere. It, it, really did um, uh, make it a, a little bit more just kind of exciting to just look around and be like wow like it, it, it the yellow was like glowing of course it was and it was bright sun and it was warm um, but uh, but but it made those mountains have like a lot more color maybe than um, than maybe in a different season yeah definitely and so in that stage from Poladura to Pajares it was quite open, it was quite exposed, and we were looking at these mountains and these, these kind of shrubs which have these amazing yellow flowers. But then if you look at the next stage, and again, some people do this all in one day, once you're in Asturias, it was very much forest for basically yeah. that whole, that whole uh, day four for us, which was just completely different from our day three. That's right. And we also took an alternative, which actually went through even more forest. And we basically spent that whole day, this is from Pajaras to Bendueños, um, in in forest and it was it was kind of amazing because it was still hot and, yeah. and on the one hand it felt to me like the Asturias that I knew from the Camino Primitivo but on the other hand I was used to it basically raining uh, when oh, I was yeah. on that Camino and so you've got that that coolness and that mist and everything but here it almost felt like like rainforest it did I think I think somehow it cooled down a little bit from day one but it it felt even it felt kind of almost like a lot more humid so so it was it was warm it was warm in that forest walk and that alternative was great and I know, and I know several other people had did that as well because because the other one was carretera it was just walking on the road um, and this one took you uh, took you a, a kind of along the forest and then there was there was some significant like almost tricky uh, up bits that gets you get you way up high and uh, and the views were great and the scenery was great and uh and and the hiking was difficult and you're and you're right there in the mountains and i i really enjoyed that i i really liked that alternative but it was work oh definitely definitely and we kept sort of thinking we must be closer to the end and we kind of weren't and we, we were really going slow but the other thing we were doing was we were finding little wild cherries and yeah. little tiny wild strawberries and we yeah. were eating those on the trail so we were, we were stopping a lot for we, that. we stopped a lot for these tiny tiny little berry snacks i mean i don't think we got any calories from them but uh but um, amazing i mean that that trail was full of of tiny cherries which i i i mean i've only ever seen this kind of store-bought cherries even even if i've seen them kind of in the wild they're still they're big and kind of plump and juicy looking and these ones uh, these ones were just a little bit bigger than the seeds themselves. 
Yeah, and they were still ripe. It wasn't that they were going to grow bigger. They were ripe, but they were tiny. Yeah. Um, and so you have to you have to eat a lot of them to just get any kind of satisfaction out of it. Um, yeah. But that was a that was a really great day. That was our day four, and then we finished uh, in the albergue in Benduenos, which we have to talk about because it's a donativo albergue, and it's technically off the Camino. It's about one and a half k's off the Camino, and you know, for some people, especially if you do that long mountain day, that's that's a tricky thing to say. Oh, now I've got to go off the Camino and then come back to it the next day. But it's completely worth it. It's, in my view, or certainly the most amazing albergue that I've ever stayed at, which you know, and I've stayed in a lot. So we'll try and describe it, but basically it's this stone house, a beautiful stone structure. It's in the mountains. It's past the village of Benduenos, and it's right opposite the church. So it, it feels like it's it's basically just on the edge of this village. And then you have these views of mountains, and the hospitality is amazing. The hospitalera is Sandra, and she cooks amazing food for everybody, and the facilities are there. It's all donativo, but there's a fridge that's stacked with drinks. You know, the beds are really nice. It's not bunks. It's only just single beds, and there's all kinds of blankets, you know, in the corner. It's the kind of place where there'll be like a kind of musty corner, which has, you know, 10 blankets just piled up on a chair, and you can just go and grab one and be cozy and comfortable uh, yeah. if it's cold. And we arrived just before it started pouring with rain. Oh, that's right. And Sandra yeah. even sent a message saying, I hope you got in before the rain. Uh, and it, it really came down because basically while we were on the Salvador, every day we would look at our, our weather because it was so hot and it would say oh, overnight there's going to be rain. Yeah. And then it would sometimes come and sometimes not. And we'd think, oh, tomorrow it's going to be cooler. And it just didn't really happen. No, but that was happen. the storm. That, that was the moment. It. That was. And we thought that, I mean, there was only three of us in that, in that uh, albergue when we, uh, including ourselves, when we arrived, and then, uh, and then after the rain, uh, four more came in, and, and they'd uh, done the long day. They had done the long day and that steep hike up the up the road to get to Benduinas, and uh, and they, oh man, and they were soaking wet and exhausted. Absolutely, yeah. It, it destroyed one of them. He was yeah. planning to continue on the primitivo, and then he just said, "No, I'm done." Yeah, I think he was. I, yeah, I think he was a little bit marked by that that uh, that long day. But it was really nice because we were able to have a communal dinner with everybody, and that's something that people have missed during COVID times. And, and in some albergues that used to offer communal meals, they're still not doing it, which is understandable. But it was really nice to for you know to be able to sit around the table and and share stories and and, and talk. And so that was the place on the Salvador for me where the spirit of the communal really shone uh, most brightly. Yeah, I mean, I uh, at first I was. At first, I was like, "Oh man, it's too bad. It would have been really nice to have not a crowded albergue." But, um, but, but very quickly, it, it no, it, I you know I saw it as actually this is going to be a, a much nicer thing, and uh, and then you know because it was uh, donativo and, and the food was all included, you know everyone was has to be part of the cleanup and and like taking care of the place and and kind of just it all just it all just happened smoothly you know everything was uh and then the, and then the same with breakfast the next day you know like there's there's coffee uh that could be made and and people making coffee and and just chatting and having snacks and and uh that that was that communal feel was certainly present for me as well definitely and one of the other things which was interesting when i was looking into the planning from Benduenos was that we wanted to visit this church, Santa Cristina Elena, which is a pre-Romanist church, but it only opens at 11. And it's not really that far from Benduenos. It's off the top of my head, maybe five kilometers 
or something like that, maybe four. Um, and so at first I thought, oh, well, that's, you know, we're going to have to, what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to be at the church three hours before it opens if we leave around 6.37, which is around the time that we're leaving. Um, but then, of course, what you can do is then just spend longer in Bendwenos in the morning. You can have your breakfast slowly. And, of course, what happened was because of the rain of the day before, you know, the sky had been quite a bit hazy the previous couple of days because of the yeah. heat. But once that rain came, the next morning, that was an amazing morning. Yeah. We got up around sunrise, and you could just from the just from the balcony of the albergue, you could just have this amazing view of these mountains. And we were watching the light change, and the clouds were coming and going, and it, it was really cool. And we were just out there for about an hour, just kind of looking at the mountains, taking some pictures. And it was cool that we weren't rushing because we were forced not to rush because of this 11 a.m. opening of the church. We could just take our time in Benguinos, and that was really nice. Yeah, I agree. That was that was that was a fantastic morning. And it's, it's nice to, to have an easy morning, but it's even nicer to have one when uh, in such a nice place. And those views, and, and with the light, the, you know, the dawn light, it, it keeps changing. Every, every five, ten minutes, there's something, there's something different about what you're looking at. And, um, and I, I mean, you know, we kept lifting our cameras uh, over and over. Um, we took so many pictures that morning of the same of the same uh, same three three mountain spaces, but but it, it was great um, and it was really fun and uh, and 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 again we felt no uh, no leaving late pressure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember at a certain point we were taking we were continuing to take photos and we were saying, well, why are we still taking photos of the same mountain because we didn't yeah. take them? But then when we went back and looked through them, the the light and everything had changed a lot, even over the course of you know 30 minutes or, or 60 minutes and the, and the shots towards the end were really quite different from the shots that we'd taken an hour ago the, what seemed like the exact same thing yeah no it, it was really fun and then uh, and then when we we had our fill so to speak uh, we headed towards the, we headed towards the church and uh, down off off of the back to the Camino obviously from Benduenos and then uh, off to the church and it was I remember being a a lot of kind of steep downhill, mm-hmm. but um, but because it was so close, it was you know you just take your time. It was really easy, easy walk. And the the best part was that the temperature had dropped significantly. So it was a nice, cool but sunny morning. Yeah, yeah, perfect, exactly. And we got to the church, and it was you know obviously Asturias is famous for these pre-Romanist churches, and there's a series of about eight of them I think, which are part of the World Heritage listing. And so I'd seen a few of them before, the ones around Oviedo, but not this one. Uh, and then you hadn't, hadn't seen them at all. Um, and it's a beautiful church. It's, it's small, but that makes yeah. it better, almost, um, dating from the, around the 8th, 9th century. Um, and it's kind of in this really nice setting. It's, it's sort of on this, on this hill and there's trees around it. And, you know, part of the Romanesque is that Romanesque churches and monasteries were often built, you know, isolated and not in cities um, and so that was definitely the case here and so you, you almost it's almost even though we knew it was coming it's almost a surprise to just kind of turn around a corner and suddenly see among the trees and among the grasses you just suddenly see this this old church but it was perfectly situated yeah it, and it was it was amazing and then right at, at 11 i mean the, the time of year of course matters but it was it was in lots of sunlight in, in these clear blue skies. It was uh, it was really an impressive sight coming up at it. Um, but but one thing is that when we were talking with Sandra, uh, we asked about the iglesia, and uh, and that confused her. Uh, and so this, uh, she and I assume the other locals 
don't call this a church, uh, as we would as we would translate that into Spanish. Yeah, I mean, she called it an aula preromanica, so it's a kind of uh, just a room um, because it's not a practicing or a functioning church now. But yeah, we had a I had a slight confusing conversation with her because I kept referring to this iglesia, and she thought I was talking about a completely different church um, because she yeah. doesn't call that a church, um, but. But it, it was an amazing church on the inside. It's very uh, austere. You know, you have all these stone arches, and, and but it was just really amazing. I really loved it. Absolutely, it was. This, it, was this, it was. It was almost a, a tight little room, um, and I can't actually. If it if it was a church, I can't imagine it servicing too many people at one at one go for, for one mass or service. Um, but yeah, it, it was beautiful in there. And there was you know, no, no electronic lights. It's just natural light coming in through the, through the, um, through the windows, a couple, a couple of small windows. Right, because that's another feature of Romanesque. I mean, this is pre-Romanesque, but so perhaps even more so that um, because the walls are holding the thing up, uh, they can't have a lot of windows. The windows are very few, and they're also very small, and so you don't have a lot of light coming in. So yeah, that added to the atmosphere. It was it was really cool. I really really liked it. Yeah, I, it was that was uh, definitely a highlight. And then the other thing that we should mention, just tying this back to to Ben Duenos, where we had started that day, is that there's a church, as I mentioned, opposite the albergue, and one of the cool things about that church, and it's not itself. Um, you know, it's not a pre-Romanesque or a Romanesque church. Maybe it's not even a medieval church, actually. Um, but there's a room at the back of the church with these paintings that are being restored. And the paintings are from the, I think, 18th or 19th century. So, you know, they're not old in comparison, for example, with the paintings we talked about uh, at San Isidoro in Leon. But there's a very unusual feature of the paintings, which exactly. is that all the figures are black. Yeah. And, very unusual. And it's very unusual for, for this village in rural Spain. And there's a lot of different theories as to why this is the case. And, and one of them is that uh, the priest, perhaps at the time, had traveled to Cuba or to other areas in the Caribbean and had, had seen uh, black people and then came back and, and, and wanted to um, depict the saints and angels and I think even Jesus uh, in this way. Yeah. And so that was really interesting. It was, and it, it was a surprise. It was a surprise to find that in this tiny little town, in this uh, s- small little community church, um, and it's uh, and, and and it's it's not a, it's not a small room. It's it's a big room. These the, and these are this is a, there's a lot of um, a lot of paintings. I mean, it's not, they're not paintings. It's a what would you call it? It's a fresco on the wall. It's a fresco. Yeah, and and it covers it covers the quite a lot of space. Yeah, we've been told that they, they have restored recently some of them. Some of them are in quite poor conditions, but some of them are in quite good condition. And yeah, that was that was really fascinating. And so Sandra has this key, which is this enormous key, which is another highlight. And we tried to muck around taking photos of this key because yeah. it was like as big as our heads. Yeah. Uh, but we couldn't really do it. Yeah, it's as big as a foot. But it's, you know, when you think of it, uh, this key that you know great big key that turns and kind of creaks into a wooden door you know it was it was just fabulous to enter the church that way and then to go to the back and and to see these these frescoes so that was really cool as well so if it isn't clear already we highly recommend Benduenos for all kinds of reasons yeah for the church for the views for the spirit of the Camino for the the comfort of the albergue everything yeah we Um, hope you get some good views in the morning definitely um and so then we came down until you kind of after that point, once you leave Santa Cristina Elena, you're heading a bit downhill uh, and you're basically kind of preparing for the arrival in Oviedo. So probably that last day, 
you know, wasn't the best day of the Salvador uh, because there's a bit of road walking and, you know, the mountains are kind of going, you're, you're kind of yeah. coming down from that. Um, but, you know, that's, that's part and parcel of it, right? As you were talking about, it's not all, uh, you're not just in the Alps. You know, no. in mountains all the time you've got a little bit of everything and, it, and it's all part of it and you manage to find things that you like you know within that we passed a couple of nice street art and things that we liked took pictures of and, and whatnot so um, we did have a pretty short day that last day from Mieres del Camino uh, into Oviedo and that was by design because we'd heard again that it was going to storm really significantly in the early afternoon so that was actually the earliest we got up we got up at five something yeah it wasn't even it wasn't to beat the heat anymore because it wasn't hot anymore no and it wasn't because we had a long day but we wanted to get to Oviedo because at about one o'clock it was supposed to storm and of course it didn't no <laughs> it did not it that did was not. a real feature of that whole Camino <clears throat> is that the weather for the next day was almost always wrong yeah yeah it was very uh, yeah it was wrong <laughs> but, but Oviedo is really a a great end to the Camino and it's basically the point of the Camino because the Salvador is a northern it's a Camino that heads north so if you're going on say the Frances you're heading west towards Santiago and then you take this detour to go north you're not getting closer to Santiago you're walking yeah. 120 kilometers north Yeah. but the point of it is to get to Oviedo because it has the significance as essentially the the beginning of the Camino as it calls it itself um, given the way the Camino developed uh, with the King Alfonso II walking the, the Primitivo from Oviedo to Santiago and so it's this town that's very connected to the Camino and it's a great way to finish because you have this cathedral um, with the Camara Santa the, the Holy Chamber and, and again we really enjoyed going into that the cloister which is a later Gothic cloister was also really cool um, and then there's one particular tomb from the from the Romanesque or pre-Romanesque that we really liked and, and took a bunch of photos of yeah. um, I think I changed one of my settings to a way that you didn't appreciate. No, 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 no judging. It was beautiful, <laughs> and, and 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 that little chamber. I mean, it's just, it's just this tiny little chamber. But but it's the presentation is is uh, it's really well done, and it and you know for for us it makes it makes beautiful photos. And we were going to continue on the Primitivo. It turns out that we didn't for for various reasons. But we did see one of the other Romanesque, pre-Romanesque churches in Oviedo, which was San Julián de los Prados. And that was another one that we really liked. Really liked. Um, because it has paintings, uh, which Santa Cristina Elena did not. And again, these are frescoes from that period. And what was really fascinating about them is that there's no human figures depicted on any of these frescoes. And and not only that, it's there's barely any, any religious kind of uh, significance, or it seems to us of any of the paintings um, and uh, we asked a little bit about this and, and the the uh, what would we call that she was just a well just the the woman who takes care of the church the guardian yeah, of the church yeah say. yeah um, she was explaining um, she was explaining because I asked that that exact question what's going on with uh, these uh, with these frescoes and she's like yeah there's 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 nothing religious about any of them except two small crosses kind of like Almost hidden um, uh, in the middle top of of two of the arches, um, and that's it. And everything else depicts some daily life, buildings and and other other kinds of things, minus the minus humans. Yeah, and there were some floral motifs on, on some of the things, and yeah, and there were just general almost city scenes, but very. Um, let's say, I don't want to say crude, but very basic scenes just sort of showing yeah. outlines of buildings and towers and things like that. But it was really cool. And one of the things that I do remember, because I've been into this church before, um, and 
I wasn't allowed to take pictures and now apparently you are allowed to take pictures, which for us, you know, it, sh it, it probably shouldn't make a difference, but it does help when you can, when, if you're into that and if you enjoy that, yeah. um, it does, you know, enhance your experience. I mean, and I think it's, I, I think it's worth taking photos of. I mean, it's, it's, it's an, un, it's quite unusual to, to have that kind of depictions all over. I mean, it, it's, it's every, almost every space, every wall, every space on every wall has a, a fresco uh, nearly. Um, so this, this, this church, which is much, much bigger than the, than the one from Benduenius. What was that one called again? From Santa Cristina Elena. Yeah, it's much bigger than that, and and it is full of painting, um, and I thought I so I thought that was I thought that was fascinating. It was, that was uh, that was a great part of Oviedo. Yeah, and so Oviedo was was a really good place to finish the Camino. Obviously, it makes all kinds of sense to continue on the Camino Primitivo. Uh, we were going to do that, although you were kind of running out of time, and we thought we could only make it to Lugo. In the end, we decided to change up our plan and do something different, which we will tell you about in the next episode yeah and which which was probably a good decision okay, all right and so until then buen camino buen camino thanks for listening for more great content about the camino de santiago visit our website at spiritofthecamino.com and follow us on facebook and instagram at spirit of the camino buen camino